the first game. Awesome. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome back to this YouTube Live, the first YouTube Live on Sobriety University. Uh, I'm really excited to be starting this, and I'm here with my new friend, Steve. Steve and I met the other night in a live stream with our friend Jaron and Hudson. Uh, those videos will both be linked down below. You guys can check those out. And um, yeah, Steve, thanks for coming on tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm pretty excited to talk about this subject. I, I have a lot of experience. <laughs> and that's why I asked you to come on because we talked in the, the live stream the other night about addiction and we each have a different perspective, a different story with it. And we talked a lot about gambling. And so, Steve, you are, I would say, an ex-gambler. Is that would be a good way to yeah i wouldn't quite say ex-gambler i i tend to i tend to go back and forth a lot i don't i'm not saying casino necessarily wise but I, i've got an affinity for DraftKings and uh sports some sports book stuff i don't go too heavy in like that stuff I, I, I tend to like throw lottery tickets out there when it comes to sports betting but as far as like how like the volume that i'm gambling it's one one hundredth of what it was it was out of control for a long time that and and that's yeah that's what we're going to touch on today because uh i'm sure as many of you have heard about like gambling addiction and stuff it can go real south real quick and that's what i'm curious to learn about too like how bad it really got uh, i don't know if you heard about this channel soft white underbelly uh i think i've heard the name absolutely okay. i think i've heard the name before i'm, I'm not totally familiar though it's just a really cool YouTube channel. Um, this is for all you guys too, that it, he goes to like Skid Row and he interviews mm -hmm. addicts that are like really sure. in the shit of things. And he's been doing a lot on gambling. Some of those guys, yeah, they spend like hundreds, thousands of dollars of, of clients' money um, mm -hmm. to fuel their addiction. So it can go real down real quick. Oh, it certainly uh, so can. To, yeah. So it starts off, when do you uh, start getting to gambling? Like what, what made you fall in love with it? Mm. Yeah, I had a love-hate relationship with it. Um, well, I started gambling, I would say probably 19. I grew up in Washington State, so we had um, we had a lot of Indian casinos. And I don't know how many, how much gambling you've done or casino-wise, but in a lot of casinos, you can't even walk in the casino unless you're 21 because of alcohol. But in Washington, okay. they have bars in their casinos. They don't, I mean, you can go in, like, it's almost like a bar restaurant, like, type of vibe, right? Like, where you can go in and, like, you don't have to enter the bar. So it was 18 and over versus, you know, waitresses running around the floor and stuff like that. So I, I went in probably the first time at 19. I think at the time I was only gambling maybe, like, 100 bucks or something like that at a time. It was, it was just light, and I say light entertainment, and I was only doing it maybe once a month. Um. Second time I ever gambled, I won. And I remember it was um, my folks were back from Italy. They lived in Italy for a while. And I was uh, I was visiting them. I lived about, I would say, an hour away. So I was staying at my sister's house. And she lived like 15 minutes away from a casino. I went to that casino and I won like 125 bucks. And I was like, cool, I'm good. You know, I took 100. I won 125. I was, I was happy as shit. And then, um, and then I came back home and I was like, oh, I went to the casino and I won a hundred bucks. Mom's like, good for you. Like she didn't care. She I was 19. She didn't think anything of it. And yeah, that's kind of how it started. Right. As far as casino gambling, I don't think I got into sports betting until I was like, maybe like, I don't even think I placed my first sports bet ever until I was like 27 or 28. 
right? And this, I'm 33, so that was like six years ago. And it was probably like 10 bucks or something on a Super Bowl. And then I got into DraftKings, like the fantasy sports where you can win, you know, a million dollars with a $25 bet or something like that against a lineup, mm. if you guessed it right. Don't get me wrong, I've won tens of thousands of dollars on DraftKings. But, I mean, I've probably lost tens, well, $10,000 or so on DraftKings. So it's probably <laughs> evened itself out pretty good. That's probably the best return on investment I've had in the in the gambling world for sure. But, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, what what about it uh, like got you hooked uh, besides the money aspect? Mm, the atmosphere, I think, was the number one thing. I think it was um, I think I, I think I described it like this on the uh, podcast last week. When you first walk into a casino, you'll notice the smell, right? The atmosphere, mm -hmm. the smell. Um, I learned later that casinos put a certain smell in the air to attract you to it, like a luxury smell Whoa. of some sort. They actually spend the average casino spends five hundred thousand dollars a year on perfume to put in their ventilation, so that they can create a distinct addictive smell to bring you back back in. It's pretty it's pretty wild. Like and, and that's wild. I mean yeah. Google it for sure. Um, and there's yeah it was a it was an interview with a salesman with a perfume or scent salesman or whatever. And um, and then kind of the and this can sound crazy too, but the smell of the smoke. When you first entry, when you first enter the doors, because there's always, I believe there's always two sets of doors when you walk into a casino. Mm. There's a first set of doors, and then there's like a there's like a security door, or there's like the entrance doors, and there's security doors. Like if something somebody tried to come and rob it, they can lock one set up or whatever. And in that middle lane of the security doors, right in between them, there's a certain partial of that fragrance, partial smoke partial despair smell i guess now that i know it's been a while but um there's just a certain like sniff that you get and you're like oh i'm back mm -hmm. it's weird it's weird how that works that way but but the atmosphere the lights um the, the there sometimes the music's good but mostly i would say mostly actually the smell and then like the attractive lights it reminds you of like a fair Okay. Right? Yeah, it reminds yeah. you of something like it reminds you of a joyous experience you had when you were a child, and it was open twenty four hours wow. a day. Yeah, I totally That's just amazing. sold you on going back to the casino. Look at that. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking up right now the nearest casino. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it. Yeah, up. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> live stream's over. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, That's so. That's such a great marketing strategy, though, because like I remember being in high school and we'd go to like Hollister or Abercrombie and Fitch mm -hmm. and they did same the thing. same thing. They pump yep. cologne through and then we'd be back every time. And you just, you felt like you remembered what you were, what it was like to be there yep. the last time you went. It was so popular. So that's fascinating. Yep, early 2000s. Wow. Yeah. I mean, man, it's one of the, it's the senses, right? What uh, sight, smell, touch, taste. Is that all of them? I don't know. Oh, sound. So Sounds it touches great. all of them, right? It touches yeah. all of it. You listen to um, if you're a poker player, blackjack player, you listen to chips click. If you if mm. you're a smell person, you can you get the fragrance. You feel like you're in a luxury environment. You feel really good around that smell. You feel om almost prosperous in a way. And then touch. I mean, touch is like for me. Um, I wasn't as much. I was a card player, but it was more like blackjack or bakram. And it was flipping the cards, flipping the chips in between my fingers. I would mm. actually crave that. And I, th and I don't know if I, I don't, they don't obviously force you to do that. Like they force you to smell their sense, 
but just that feeling or that sound of and, and that sound of the of them uh, shuffling cards or the clicks in the casino chips when you're when you break them down like you break stacks down and you and you tower them is what is what mm-hmm. I call it. I don't know if they, that's what they call it, but yeah, that those those um, nuances are are super addictive. Absolutely. I've never thought about it like that. Before. Yeah, I just made it sound majestic as fuck. It is. It's quite. It is quite remarkable. Like I know, we we, we know where this is a topic on the dangers of gambling, but it, it's, it's to me it's quite fascinating that all that science goes into just getting people to come in and spend as much money as possible. Uh, the lights for sure. Uh, I've I thankfully have not been to many big casinos. Like we have mm-hmm. one where I'm at right now and it only has slots. Mm-hmm. I think slots were just super boring. So I never got too big into it. Thankfully. I think I there would have been cards. So you were a slots guy. Yeah. What was that? What was that like? I mean, I wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a slots guy in particular, but there when you when you only have when you have a limited like because you're right there there's a lot of like we have them here we have one that's 20 minutes north of us i believe yeah it's about 20 minutes north of us that is that is only slots and i mean dude you could drive by that thing at like 3 p.m and it's just chalked full of cars 3 p.m on a tuesday like people needing to be at work type shit and then you but then you go 20 minutes south and then there's one with casino tables i forgot what the question was i'm sorry i got locked up oh, on that. i did too yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all right um but but yeah it's it's a it, it can be dude the, the 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 issue that i see with it is is it feels like such a glorious environment mm. when you're in it yeah that when you leave it's just it's just a dopamine dump like the oh, whole okay. time is amazing and then you just walk out and you just feel like absolute dog shit wow i know that feeling yeah yeah, yeah it's i i think that it's pretty synonymous with most addictions in general i don't think that it's just gambling that that, that that's that affects i mean you think about driving to and from the liquor store right and you're pumped about mm-hmm. getting a drink and then you have your first three and you're like oh i don't like this feeling but I'm yeah. drinking anyway, so now that I now I'm now that I'm drinking and I feel like crap, fine. Okay, I guess I'm just gonna drink the rest of the night, right? It's kind of yeah. the way that. Way it's that almost any- like the excitement is the addictive part. I, I've kind of discovered that, like the, the come up, the, the thinking about, for example, yeah. gambling, going to the casino, seeing the lights, yep. smelling the smells. That's what is the most addictive part. Almost, it's not even the doing itself. It's it's the actual. Yeah, it's the anticipation of gambling that is much more fun than gambling. I remember, dude, I went about five years ago. I was, uh, I was, I was traveling with a friend, and we were going from Florida to Texas. And we, there was in Mississippi, in southern Mississippi, there's a, it's basically like a, it's like an Atlantic City, it's like a tiny Vegas strip. And we've been driving for like eight hours, and he looked at me and he goes, "Hey, bro, you want to go to the casino?" And he, I mean, that was it was an innocent thing from him. And I went from like, I'm ready to go to bed. Fuck this. I'm tired. Like I'm over it to, yeah, totally. Let's go. You know? And I was kind of jacked about, it. I was like, Oh, this sounds like a really good idea. I've been doing like, I really, really want to do this. And we got there and the minute you walk in the door, it just changes. It's the weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. It's like anticipating seeing somebody for a long time, and then you see him, and you're like, oh, I remember you. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly, that's exactly the feeling that you get. And it's, and I don't know why that's such an addictive, like the anticipation is what's addictive for sure. Yeah. It's got to be like the neurochemicals. I mean, I dude, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert it. by any means. I'm just, I'm just a guy who went through it for 14 years or 13 years, something like that. I mean, kind of talking yeah. out loud too. Yeah. Uh, so continuing on. So you, you got into the sports betting a little bit, um, not yeah. too strong. Um, you were doing the casinos a lot. When did it start to really ramp up for you where it was no longer a fun thing you did with the homies? Uh, where, oh my gosh, this is starting to get yeah, into dangerous territory. Dangerous territory probably started around the time that I started making a lot of money. And I went and I went a few times. I probably went like four or five times before I went in the military. Went in the military, got out. In the military, didn't do it at all overseas didn't do it at all because i was overseas for two years so i didn't really i didn't really do it at all like zero i would say pretty near zero maybe once or twice if i even if i came home or something like that so it was kind of an out of sight out of mind think that early on and then i came home went to go and doing doing a job for a little while didn't really go i didn't really have the money to go the closest casino was like two hours away i didn't really care about that necessarily but then I started um, started traveling a lot and selling roofs, and I was making really good money. I mean, I started you know fifteen thousand a month, twenty thousand a month, whatever, um, starting, and I didn't have any bills or responsibilities at that time. So why not just okay, cool? I can go spend five hundred bucks and not even think about it. I make money; it's easy now. So I'm entertained. Fuck it, right? Like you just kind of like that vibe. You're like, okay, well, I mean, it's not hurting anybody. My bills are way past paid. I'm I'm fine. Cool. Well, I would say it probably ramped up officially and probably peaked out around like 28, 29, probably 29, probably four years ago. Between 25 and 29, I obviously was making money, would only take like 500 bucks out, whatever, maybe a thousand. If I was like stacked, like I had money, like 20, 30, 40, 50K in the bank, whatever. I would take a G out. I think the most I ever gambled at that point in a weekend was like 2,500 bucks. And I, it was like weekend, gamble, resort, golf. I did everything. And I didn't really pay attention because I was making really, really good money. And it didn't even look like it affected my bank account. Mm-hmm. But around 28, 29, as you make more money and as you get used to the process of doing it, you tend to spend more money. Like you, you tend to progressively increase your bets. I would, okay. I would probably liken it to what they would say about porn addiction, right? Where you just start out with like down girl and then like all of a sudden you got like weird mm. fetishes and fantasies and then yeah. like you just get, it gets more extreme on, on right. in the spectrum. And then, so like I went from betting like a dollar to $2 a spin in slot machines or five bucks or 10 bucks in blackjack or Baccarat to $10 to $20 a spin sometimes sometimes i mean that's still pretty rich but ten dollars to twenty dollars to spend sometimes mostly sat around five or ten bucks enough to where i I had the system worked out to where i could win jackpots and like figure that out and that's addictive as addictive as hell and um but yeah i kind of leveled out around five to ten bucks a spin i kind of liked that range with the occasional if i just went up like if i made like five grand i would just go absolutely banana sandwich with like a thousand bucks because I had a, 
I was over not even thinking about the fact that I'm in a, you know, however many hundreds of thousands of dollars of a hole, really, over mm. a period of time. Sure. Right. And that probably peaked out at 28, 29. And then I didn't make it like I didn't make as much money after that, but I was still gambling a lot. I was still doing that a lot. And I was still betting at the same levels. It wasn't like I was I said, Oh, you know, I'm making less money. Let me dial it back. It wasn't a it wasn't a conscious decision where I was just making it a hobby or whatever. And then, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it wasn't something like, it wasn't a strategy by any means. Cause it didn't one to $2 betting wasn't five to $10 betting anymore. Mm-hmm. If you hit the same shit, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get a quarter of what you got at, you know, triple or quadruple the bet. So it was, it wasn't exciting like it was mm-hmm. right. It just wasn't yeah. the same thing. So I just kept betting that way. Got lucky a lot. Didn't get lucky a lot. Tended to leave the casino with even or lost money, and and I I really I mean and I can't even say I've completely quit. I still go like once every two months. I still bounce back and forth with it so a little a little bit, but now it's more like I've I kind of took a period of time off, and it was it took a period of time off, and then when I came back, I was like, oh, you know, two bucks ain't that bad. Or three bucks ain't that bad or one dollar ain't that bad sometimes if you really just want to die like be part of it like because there comes a time in a, in a gambler's addiction where you just kind of just want to be there it's not a it's not even a matter of it's like holding on to an old piece of yourself until you're ready to get rid of it ah uh, sure yeah it's, so it sounds like you're we're well aware of like the whole process around <laughs> it and how it works for you yeah totally absolutely um, yeah. And then, like I said, I, I kind of let myself indulge in it every once in a while, but it's always, you know, 300 bucks. Like it's not generally, a not even near what you were doing. No, dude. I mean, there yeah. at the, at the, like there was, there was a few times where I walked out of there and I was like, well, that was fucking retarded. Oh, that was the worst. Yeah. What's the most was, you've ever lost? You think I was, I, I'm pretty close. I'm like four, probably four G's in four one, G's. in one day. Yeah, in one one five hour six hour session. Yeah, wow, brutal, that's crazy yeah. process. Yeah, that's like, I mean, didn't even realize that it happened. You might as well, uh, you might, I might as well blacked out for fucking four sure. hours. Like, and that and that was and that's when you like that's when you really know you have a problem. It's mm. like hey, you're not gonna you're not necessarily gonna black out like you're gonna black out in a like on alcohol, like where you literally black out, but you're going to, your, your dopamine is going to be so high and you're going to, your energy is going to be so tanked and you're not even paying attention to what the, what the hell's actually going on. You're not even realizing that, you know, you, you, you're, you were up 4,000 and you tanked, you know, this other two G's, like you're down two G's from where you were. And like a $500 win in a casino is a fucking great win. And you can just go home and you can be up 1500 bucks and okay, cool. Right. It just it did it didn't it didn't work like that for a little bit. When uh, when in your journey did you start to 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 become aware of this? Like because it sounds like like you just said a lot of it you were kind of doing automatic. Was there a moment where you're just like, oh shit, this is what's happening. This is not cool anymore. I honestly, I'm 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 a smart enough guy. I knew what was happening from the beginning. Oh wow. Okay. I mean, do you yeah. do you know? <laughs> That's crazy. you know when you go to the. You know when you go to the gas station and pick up a twelve pack of booze that it's not good for you. You know that. Like you knew that you knew that long before you acknowledged that you knew that. 
I personally didn't in my addictions because it was such a social connection that I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, like I'm getting to meet new friends. I'm actually like getting to kind of expand my consciousness and awareness a bit. Cause I was pretty like, yeah. I, I didn't think very, <laughs> very well growing up. And so like weed, for example, kind of actually helped me open myself up a little bit. So I always sure. thought it was a good thing at the beginning and including gambling. Like I did a lot of bowling we did in high school. We would bet money on bowling sure. and the little money we had. And it was just such a great way to hang with the guys. And we didn't like, you don't even think of the consequences. Like if we lose, I'm going to feel like shit for the next three days and just like a shame. Yeah. But if I win, Sometimes. I'm going to be like on a high for until we bowl again next time. Well, and yeah, until we bowl again, but the, but the realities of it is you're not, I mean, dude, I, I've walked out of casinos with a lot of money in my pocket in cash, a lot more than I ever like, I've walked out with a lot more money than I brought in. Would you put it that way? And I can tell you the minute I walked out the door, didn't matter oh, okay it only uh, matters it's only yeah it's only environmental i i'm i'm a hundred i'm a hundred percent in that because i mean dude i've i've won twenty two thousand dollars at one time in cash i couldn't even walk around with it in my pocket because i didn't have uh, enough pocket and it didn't matter like and, and it and it just perpetuates it just perpetuates the issue if you really think about it because now i take a thousand i'm up twenty two I can spend five. No, motherfucker. You need to put that five back. Like you need to, mm. if you're going to get it, get it and take a put a little bit back, like from the shit. Like if you're going to keep gambling, like $22,000 should last you forever. For real? Forever. But it didn't. I mean, it didn't. Mm. It was, ne it's, it's never enough. And then I think in some, in some instances you, you do think like, yeah, you know, maybe I'm going to hit a real jackpot, like 22 K great. 21k 15k 7k i hit all those and don't get me wrong like the reality is it doesn't matter whether you win or lose it really doesn't mm -hmm. you have the same exact feeling when you leave you have the same exact feeling regardless of the number of the jackpot if you win a 1500 dollars jackpot you like after a while you might not even it might not even be a reaction to you like you may not even react to it because you've lost so much money that that fifteen hundred dollars mm. is just putting it back in the hopper. You're, oh. It's yeah, I, it's I, like I breaking even. Really. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I I totally understand that feeling. Like you're just like, okay, I'm I'm back where I was, a, like two weeks ago. Okay, now I got to get that back again. And yep. It's just like going the other way. It's impossible. It's an impossible fight. It's an impossible fight unless unless you are a unless you do like sports betting and you're very smart and you're and you're also in combination very lucky. Like there's there is no <laughs> there's no way. There's no there's the only way out of it is I mean, and this is probably gonna be a little little rough, but the only ways out of it are quitting and being slightly miserable for a period of time until you quit or shooting yourself in the freaking head. That's the only, those are the only two ways out. You have to quit or there's such a high percentage of, of the opposite, right? There's so, there's such a high percentage of that being, becoming an issue. And that's just not like, that's not an option. So like, but not gambling makes you feel like you lost yourself. It's the craziest thing. Like what's the longest you've gone without gambling? Like ever, like completely. Since, since you started. Yeah. Oh, probably the military. I mean, guarantee the military. 
Yeah, and did you have any withdrawals when you were like when you got in? Not from gambling, no. No, no. I mean, that's why I say it's out of sight, out of mind. So I, I guess I can, I can kind of like dial in the rest of the, um, the whole, the whole situation is um, when I started traveling sales. I lived in, I believe it was Missouri, Central Missouri at the time, and I went to New Mexico for my first storm, as we would call it, for my first job, basically, and I was there for three months. I made a lot of money and it turned out that they had a beautiful majestic town about two hours from where I was, not even two hours, hour and a half from where I was at up in the mountains where I could go for the weekend, get a cab and just like relax, get away from selling. Right. So I would go, I would leave on Friday at like 3 PM and I would go up and I would get a cabin hundred bucks a night. No big deal. Really, really affordable too. get a cabin, light a fire, go get steaks, go do that. And they had a really nice regional casino right down the street. And I would go there. I would either I wouldn't I would either have dinner or not, whatever. Um, they had a nice casino floor. They had a little cigar bar in there, so you could kind of just chill and listen to music and do whatever. So I tended at that time to just mostly go there and spend time there, hmm. and then like go back to the cab. I was by myself. I mean, this was a solo job, right? So I would go back and hang out by myself. Or I would go to the casino, hang out by myself, and then I'd go back to the cabin. I didn't realize that this whole time I was going through dopamine, like the waves of the dopamine train. And I didn't understand why I would leave, excuse me, leave the mountain more stressed than when I got there. But I just knew that the entire time that I was there, I really, really enjoyed it. It was peaceful money or not. The money wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking about the money at the time. I think that's probably part of it. It was the experience of, being in a new place because um, New Mexico itself is very beautiful and very quiet and very majestic and completely different than the rest of the U S and it's, and it was just, that was just my, I call it my mountain. I still call it my mountain. So I, I mean, I would actually love to have a home up there one day, but yeah, that's where it really started with the traveling job. And then, you know, I've made six figures or multiple six figures since. So I just kind of had the budget to do it and it just got out of hand. So at the tail end, when I when my when I quit doing that full time, my income got cut in half, but I was still kind of continuing continuing the habit. So, guys, I think we'll take a short pause here. Uh, I'd like to transition into talking about what were some of the benefits that you've received since you've stopped spending so much money on gambling. And then we're going to transition to alcohol as well. So uh, before we do that quick, we got a couple comments. Uh, we got some uh, claps from Melanie Raider. Thanks for tuning in. And then we got the homie Jaron Scott uh, as well. He says, I worked for Abercrombie a bit in college. Uh, yeah, you, <laughs> I can see that for sure. You'd have been a great Abercrombie model. And we had to spritz the entire store once every half hour with their signature set. Okay. Yeah, so that's why it was pouring into the um into the breezeway and that's why right. people were standing outside it was just bad you walk by that store and you're like whoa like you yeah it was pretty rough. yeah yeah hollister wasn't too, as bad but i remember yeah Abercrombie i like hollister i like hollister's vibe a lot more i actually like the smell of that store a lot more too mm -hmm. i was a big fan of it yeah that was fierce by abercrombie and pitch that freaking scent fierce i used to be a big cologne guy i loved cologne and then yeah I yeah, could get in. We could do a whole podcast on Cologne. And I, let's and do I it. Yeah, <laughs> I would prefer not to, but because but, I would actually preach against it these days. But oh, okay. But yeah, 
But yeah, I, I, my my favorite actually was uh, John Barbados Vintage. That was my favorite. Ooh, classic. That's a good yeah. one. Or Gucci by Gucci. That's another one. I've gotten into the Creeds a little bit lately, so like yeah, I heard about those. I haven't even looked at it. That's that's a freaking addiction too. Is buying colognes because once you get so what what Esteban just talked about, Steve just talked about, yeah, is like call me my real name. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Uh, he talked about designer fragrances. So that's like the Abercrombie stuff. And a designer just means that they sell clothes as well. So mm -hmm. there's certain houses you could say that sell niche fragrances, which mean they're, they're only, they only sell cologne. And a lot of times the bottles run like 400, 600, 800 bucks. Absurd. Tom it's Ford like a $10 like, bottle of shit. Yeah. Dude, seriously. It's you nuts. Can get that. I've sold so anyway, I've sold so much cologne from Hollister back in the day. We would just like our our crew would just go in and we just because they would just leave it out. Right? I don't know why I'm bragging about this, but it's, it's, probably not on a live. It's a good idea. <laughs> Sorry, Hollister, you can you can bill me. I owe you a couple. Um, cool. So uh, diving back in here. Yeah, uh, Steve. When yeah, when did uh, what are some of the benefits you've received from cutting back on? On the gambling i mean level move uh, you know because there's there's the obvious ones like hey i have more money cool but <laughs> it's you know right but hmm, i would say probably the the best one is just less anxiety and depression clearly mm. i mean much less anxiety and depression um not driven to drink as much like at all as far as desire to drink i, I mean when i'm in a casino it's an, like if i go if i were to go right this second i would drink like fucking eight non-alcoholic beers 100 percent. i'd probably smoke 50 cigarettes and drink eight non-alcoholic beers <laughs> like it just it is just, it's like what you just did when you when you were gambling like that's what mm -hmm. i did you know and that and so okay. if i'm gonna if i'm going to endure the experience i guess if i'm going to be part of it it's gonna i'm gonna get as close to because clearly i don't drink anymore but it's it's gonna get as close to that as humanly possible if somebody told me that oh you can gamble but no smokes no drinks like at all you drink a soda i wouldn't gamble i'd be like yeah fuck that i'm out like <laughs> no thanks <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm cool with the no alcohol but like no beers at all no non-alcoholic beer like i don't even like non-alcoholic beer necessarily but it gets you kind of, it's like, you know, like 50. It gets you in the spirit, maybe? Yeah, I mean, it gets you in the mood. You know, why not? Okay. Like, you pretend. Yeah, as long as, as long as it's, I mean, legitimately, as long as it's zero alcohol beer, I'll, I mean, I'll drink it. I had a few yesterday after the golf tournament, and didn't affect me. I was a little bloated, but other than that, <laughs> good. A little gluten? Yeah. A little, I mean, a little web, gluten, yeah. yeah. A little gluten, yeah. a little whatever. I don't know. It was like 50 calories, no carbs or something like that. One carb. And you guys were saying in the live stream the other night that a big part of the gambling experience is like the free drinks. Um, so transitioning to alcohol, bit, was, did that, that kind of get you, get you into it too? Like, no, I, so that's a, that's actually really interesting. Like going back to the, the New Mexico's in the mountain gods casino in Mescalero, New Mexico. And no, um, Yes and no. So alcohol kind of primes you a little bit. Actually, you know, truth truth is, when I first started, when I was like first gambling, because I, I did some stuff in um, northern Nevada and Idaho as well, and I didn't drink when I gambled. 
like I wasn't really a big mm-hmm. drinker at that point. So okay. kind of early on, early, early on. But like when I would go to New Mexico, a lot of the people in my industry, like the industry I'm still in, just from a support perspective, um, they were mostly boozers, boozers and, mm-hmm. you know, pot addicts and stuff. So we we drink like two, three days at least during the week and just kind of it's kind of like a big party and you just made a lot of money doing it, which was addictive. And then, um, but but up in New Mexico, they have, because their casinos are 18 and over, I believe they're 18 and over, they might have switched to 21. But at the time, you could walk into the casino at 18, so they couldn't serve alcohol on the floor. So they had, like, gated off areas where you could get a shot, and you, but you had to do the shot right there. You couldn't just walk off with it. And then they had, like, little bars and stuff. Like, they had a couple of bars in the same casino. So I would have a few drinks, but... That was generally when I was done. I would go and watch some live music, have a cigar, you know, have a couple of bourbons or whatever, and and then go back to my cabin or hotel or wherever I was staying for that weekend. I mean, I did this probably 40 weekends in two years, so it's a lot of weekends. Um, so early on, no alcohol. It wasn't it wasn't about alcohol, but alcohol came later when when gambling got boring. Alcohol came later, and it actually okay, it, yeah. So it was kind of a smooth, kind of a smooth transition because I would still generally when you're when you're in that situation, um, if I can remember back, there was very I, I can probably count on my fingers and toes the amount of times before I moved where I live now, where I went to a went to a casino and didn't drive home. So like I didn't I like I was I wouldn't drink much. And if I drank, it was like earlier. And then and okay. then. And then, I mean, I say fingers and toes since I moved here because I moved here three years ago and we have about 12 casinos around us. So, we, you know, the casinos give away hotels and hotel rooms like suites and golf golf rounds and that's crazy. Lose cards. And, dude, yeah, we talked about that last week. They they were throwing like when it got bad, like bad, bad, they were throwing like a presidential hotel suite it was probably, I mean, it's bigger than my apartment. It was probably 15, you know, 12 to 1500 square feet. Um, 50 to a hundred bucks at the bar on the, on the house bar, the gift shop. And then somewhere between three and $500 in free play. That's just free play. And you okay. can win money off of that. Sure. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, dude, if I win any money off of this replay, I'm gambling for free. I'll fucking, all weekend all weekend so it was impossible like for me at that time because i was transitioned into drinking a lot it was impossible for me to say okay you're gonna give me a hundred dollar bill three four five hundred bucks for gambling a hotel room that i just got to put a deposit on i get it back why would i why wouldn't i go like i just said to the the logic there was like okay you're giving me a thousand dollars worth of free shit i'm gonna show up right and yeah so that was that was kind of at the peak, but there in the beginning I didn't. I kind of smooth transition transitioned into I was getting I was getting drinky like after a mm. bit. It was probably four years into me doing it that I got pretty pretty drunk a lot, <laughs> a lot, <laughs> a, a lot. Yeah. A lot. What? Uh, when did you start drinking? Like in your life, kind of? Oh, dude. I mean, um. I started actually like drinking, drinking probably at 17. It was probably a social okay. thing. I was, I say it was probably, it was a social thing. I would go to like bonfires and stuff and they'd have like bush beer and Keystone and all that trash. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> gross. Keystone. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it was gross. Well, you're in high school, you fucking drink piss water. 
but it's <laughs> yeah uh, that's probably when i started drinking and actually after i graduated high school i drank pretty basically like six months straight and getting like 34 okay. pounds doing that wow but then i but then i moved and i and i quit and then you know overseas navy happened lost a bunch of weight and blah 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 moved home and then just i mean casually because i'm kind of a social animal i like to go i liked used to like going to going to the bar after work and just hanging out for a couple hours and just talking mm. to people because a lot of my jobs have been independent so it kind of you don't realize you have a problem just because like you you were like well it's a social aspect of it i just wanted to go have a cigar mm. and drink a few beers and hang out with people and that turned into you going home at midnight after 13 and spending 120 yeah. bucks for sure. Yeah. Man, I used to sure. do it. I, at one point in my life, I did that daily. I used to do that every single day. And it's Damn. absurd that I could even afford, like, I could even afford that at the time. Now that I think about it. It's also absurd that your body could handle that. Like, you could oh, get dude. up and rally and do it again. Like, I'm sure if, yeah. if you tried that now. Well, I'm guessing if you tried that now, you would be, oh, no. I mean, one night you'd no, be that's out. Not happening. It won't happen. I can't. I mean, I, I look at alcohol and I'm like, oh, I have a headache. No. Nope. Not anymore. What was, I mean, uh, what, was, what was your uh, booze that like you look back and if you think about it, you like. I don't have that. I just, oh, okay. I mean, dude. I, and that's, and that's the thing too. It's like, I have a marriage or divorce of any alcohols. I mean, there was one time in high school, like I went to a high school party the day before or we had a, it was, I was a freshman. I think I was like 15. Now that I think about it, was I a freshman? No, I was a sophomore. Okay. I was a sophomore. Right. And we had a, we had a tournament the next day. It was like the high, whatever high school tournament it was. And the night before I got fucking just ridiculous off of 151. I had, mm. yeah. Okay. So that alcohol, no, I don't no, even no. know why it's an alcohol. Like, come on. And I haven't drank that since. I mean, we're talking, I can still taste it. Yeah. So, okay. I have yeah, one. That's the one. <laughs> I can, yeah. I can still taste it, but eat, what is it, 18 years later or something like that? No, absolutely not. I will not touch it. But it's mostly the experience. I blacked out and ended up on somebody's front lawn. Like, mm. gross. Threw up all over myself. Disgusting. Oh, Who fucking asked that? It's a mudslide. It's just like Ooh. chocolate. Yeah, I know exactly. You know, and we were Mm. in my buddy's basement, and we just drank so much of it. And I had to go to church the next morning, and I spent—I went to Catholic church. I spent most of the church in the basement, like over the toilet, just like trying to puke. But I felt so much guilt for wanting to puke in church that I couldn't. And yeah, it it was a mess. That's (laughs) crazy. I was just thrown up and asked God for forgiveness later. (laughs) That's a good Catholic. Uh, That's actually a good Christian perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all, we all fuck up, dude. So, yeah, you got into alcohol kind of young, like most kids get into high school. Yeah, pretty young. And 17 um, is actually a little late, to be honest. So I was a little surprised. Yeah, I might have drank before that. I, I, um, okay. I was a sophomore, so I wasn't 17. I was oh, okay, 16. I was like 15. 15 or 16. Okay. Yeah, so the, and it only, and I had only drank maybe like, three or four times i mean ever i think i think i mean i I don't even remember back that far to be honest with you in a lot of cases so i was going through a lot of transitionary stuff in my life at that point but yeah i think that was the first time i'd ever really drank and it was all i mean it was all like social pressure wasn't a popular kid so Mm. the fact that i was even invited to a party or something like that was crazy and then i went there and just took advantage of it 
or thought I was taking advantage of it and got wrecked in the process. Okay. Yeah. Did, did it help at all with the social aspect of, of high school at all? Nope. Not, not even 1%. Wow. I wasn't the cool guy. There was not, I mean, and you realize this later on, right? Like even now, like there's nothing cool about it. I'm not saying don't drink. I'm not saying that you can't have drinks with your friends, but if you're drinking specifically for social, <laughs> for, for the social aspect of it, I got news for you. It doesn't exist unless you're, unless you're talking to alcoholics. It doesn't mm-hmm. exist. Not 1% of people give a rat's ass whether you drink or not. Nobody. The only ones who care are the ones who are drinking and they feel bad because now they feel like an alcoholic because you're not. And they feel like you're judging them. That's the only, that's the absolutely only thing, like only reason. That, that, that needing to fit in is so, so strong amongst um, human beings in general. So um, I think that's a, that's a strong message that like it's, and I think a good way to tell if going, going off this is that if you stop drinking, will these people oh, got, do they got your back? Are they going to be on your side? And most usually, not. Answers, usually no. Yeah. Yeah. Most are not. Yep. You realize that those bar friends, like those people that you were, that you considered your friends at whatever point, they weren't really your friends. I mean, they were, they were just people you drank with at the bar, right? Like, sure. There's very few people. I mean, very few people. And you know, one of them that have, have retained that I've retained friendship with, like just in general, like it doesn't even, we're talking completely off of alcohol here, right? Mm-hmm. There's very few, two or three, I would say two or three. And then there's a, just a shitload of acquaintances. You just kind of, I mean, you just know people, right? Like, you know, people from high school or you, or, you know, people you went to college with, if you did that and they're just people to you now, they live completely different lives or completely different people who just doesn't help. Like it feels like it helps in the moment, but it doesn't. So I've got like, yeah, one buddy from high school that I still keep in touch with and everyone else I never talked to. <laughs> it's just, I, don't, it's just part dude, of, I don't talk to anybody yeah. from that time in my life short of my parents. <laughs> Besides the folks. That's literally yeah. it. Those are the only yeah. two that I that I kept from my childhood, really. Those are good good relationships to keep, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. And so now the coolest part of this story is that Steve is now sober from alcohol. Oh, yeah. Um, which is yeah. freaking sick. And you did it cold turkey. And why we're going to mm-hmm. touch on this is because I talk a lot about going slow and steady is the strategy I think works best. It's worked best for me. And here we have a guy, prime example, that just said, you know what, F it, I'm done. And yeah. so, yeah, tell us a little bit about that, how that came about. Well, I think that um, sometimes you have to do things for other people which is contrary, like completely contrary to anything that I have probably ever said on any public forum. But um, in this instance, it was for me, but it was actually, um, I I had gotten a call from my dad about, well, it was like two days before, well, yeah, about two days before I quit. And and I was complaining to him about something. And if anybody knows my father, that is not a um, thing to do. Cause he'll give you a solution. You won't like it, but he'll give you a solution. Mm. And after two days of having this conversation, I'd basically burned through. Cause I had quit for, I had 51 days of full sobriety for 
before that and then the holidays came okay. around and i just decided i was going to start i was just going to drink which i mean whatever and i thought oh, i'll get off of it and i'll go back to being sober well that should have lasted like two weeks but it actually lasted like five right and when i was having the conversation with him he said hey by the way he said i, I drank a little bit too much over new year's or over new year's christmas whatever um i decided to go sober for a year and i was like oh good for you didn't even think about it and he said why don't you do it with me and it took me about 20 seconds of silence like it was a sales pitch and he was just waiting for me to react and i said okay done wow and that was it well i mean look i i share a name with my dad i respect him he's a highly he's highly successful and a high achiever he's not doing he wasn't asking me to do it for anything other than the betterment of my own life I, 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 I thought about that through in that 20 seconds. I was like, mm. it's my dad. He wants me to do the best, the best I can. You know, he's supporting me and he's also doing it too. If he just came to me and said, Oh, you need to be sober. I'd be like, yeah, you know, F off dude. Like I'm not doing that. Like you're not. So why? But he was leading by example. Right. And as I get older, I see that I have a lot more in common with him than I did before. So I, I just decided because out of all the people, my dad or my mom, I will never lie to. I mean, there's, it doesn't matter. Like, if you ask me a question, I just have to be honest. Otherwise, I won't, I won't be able to sleep, like, yeah. at all. So I thought, fuck, I just told him that I'm, <laughs> that I'm going to go sober for 365 days. Shit. And then the first two <laughs> days, I just kind of did that, like, sigh, like, God. And yeah, so the first two days was kind of rough. Other than that, sure. uh, to be honest with you, I it's only when I get into these other situations that I don't need to be in that I even it even crosses my mind, like the the gambling, okay. right? If, yeah. I, if I were to go to the casino, I, I'm going to drink non-alcoholic beer. At a golf tournament, I'll drink non-alcoholic beer for fun, right? Like whatever. It's it literally does nothing to you other than taste like beer. And I don't, I, I realize that after after it's kind of gotten out of my body that I don't even crave like beer like the alcohol and beer i kind of crave the taste of yeah beer. okay that i don't really like that much but every once in a while I'll get into a vibe where that's kind of just what i want so a heine zero sure. or budweiser zero can that'll do the job and once you drink three of them you're bloated and you're over it you mm. just spent okay. 150 calories and you're good right yeah and there's nothing wrong with doing that it's it's a matter of if you can do that because some people are addicted to the other stuff, but yeah, that's how that, that's how the sobriety, the, I call it the accident, the accident came about. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the benefits you've noticed in this last three months? I have, with? man, uh, in the, I'll start from, I guess I'll start from the beginning. The first couple of days, your sleep starts to improve almost immediately skin starts to starts to improve and i don't mean it's improved and like fixed but starts to improve over the you know the first week anxiety and depression gone social anxiety gone uh elevated heart rate gone high blood high blood pressure gone high blood sugar gone what borderline i mean i had brain fog all the time gone hangovers clearly gone lost what I was 264 pounds January 10th and 236 pounds now. So like 20 something pounds, 28 pounds, almost nearly 
I would say nearly naturally I work out, but I'm not in the gym constantly. And endless the benefits the benefit the benefits themselves have just it's been pretty crazy yeah it's awesome oh and then just How, business business wise yeah i mean income's increased massively cool. client bases doubled wow outreach is doubled i mean everything but That's you're crazy. look when you're you realize how much it's not even necessary let's let's say you could be productive with booze right the mm-hmm. reality is you're going to be twice as productive without it just because you have time to fill right you're not mm. nursing a hangover you're not going and getting a pedialyte you're not you're not having to take a shower beer you're not spending 30 minutes feeling <laughs> shower sorry beers, for dude. yeah yeah you're not spending 30 <laughs> minutes feeling sorry for yourself you just get off your ass and go do whatever you need to do and you don't have to like collect yourself and get yourself back to square like yeah you just you just kind of get up and do your life rather than nursing your last night and having to figure that out and then doing your life you save yourself an hour a day at minimum an hour a day I didn't even think of that. Uh, I know that happened like with marijuana. Like I would, I had so much free time because I wasn't smoking 24 seven. When I think when I have thought about alcohol though, I've always thought about being like a nightly thing. And then you just wake up and you just keep grinding or like movies like um, the Wolf of Wall Street, right? They're just doing blow all night. And so they can still be super productive. Uh, It's good to know that. How productive are you? Including alcohol too. Like, I mean, yeah, really, when you really think, think about it, you're not very productive. No, it's like I mean, it's kind of poor work, probably most likely. Hollywood it's, did uh, it to you that quality. time. Though. If you think about it, like Hollywood, Hollywood got you on that one. It's like the highlight reel. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. We be hung over and do some blow and go to work. Like, sure. But like, but not really. That's that's mm. not how most people operate. Mm. Like there's what is it? It's <laughs> so not. Deep. I mean, it's just not yeah. real. Like. I would love no. to be the Wolf of Wall Street and fucking take quaaludes and and knock back whiskeys and you know make millions of dollars. But the reality is that's not the world, unless uh, that's not really the world. There's one percent of people can do that, maybe. and maybe not even that. Maybe even yeah, like I don't I don't know the actual statistic. I'm just envisioning one out of a hundred people can can get smashed every night and still get up and make millions of dollars it doesn't i don't think that that works it works out like that the math doesn't make sense to me that's good to know i mean just i mean just logic like i don't think the math makes sense like okay well if i have better odds of being a more productive person for my life for you know my relationship for my friends for my future that without this problem now let me go and fix this. Okay, well, now I fix the problem. Oh, holy shit, I make more money. Holy shit, I can, you know, I can look down. I don't see a fat belly. <laughs> like, holy Bonus. shit, I have one friend. Imagine that. Like mm, two friends, yeah. three for whatever, whatever. Yeah, right. Like, real friends. Real friends. People don't yeah. give a fuck about you. Like, oh. for real. They don't care. Like, especially the ones that you do, you drink, like I drink. Okay. So like Jaren, for example, me and Jaren in, in our history, like we started out that way. Like we were just drinking a lot. Right. And that was just our relationship before. Cause I was like traveling for work and we lived in the same house and we were a lot younger. We were 10 years younger or 12 years younger. And so there were like parts and pieces of it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Jaren's still one of my best friends. Okay, yep. great. He's still here. I don't drink. He's still my friend. Great. Cool. Right. Okay. Well, I had, I've had multiple friends that still drink every single day i haven't heard from him in months yeah. crazy yeah same here 
one yeah. of the guys that came on the stream the other night to ask a question, Ian, shout out if you, you ever watch us. Um, he's one of those guys, like he, we drank a lot. I got sober and we still mm -hmm. keep in touch and he's a good friend. Yeah. So then you, you keep those relationships close for sure. Um, how have your relationships um, improved or changed since you've quit? Have you noticed any drastic? Oh yeah. Um, things? I mean, you're, you're a lot more self-aware, so you don't say as much dumb shit. <laughs> number one, like you're just, you're just more capable of logic, frankly. I mean, I'm there. There's a, there's a line. I feel like in, in my head, when I drink where my logic just goes out the window and I kind of do whatever I eat, whatever I say, whatever. And I mean, that affects your relationships. People don't trust mm. you after that because you don't have any self-control. Before that, though, I mean, then you're, you just seem more confident and, you know, more social. And I'm really, I mean, I'm confident, but social, not, not so much. Like I, I, I was, I never, what's weird is like, unless it was my close friends, I would either go to the bar to get social, like to get around people and have these drinks, or I would drink by myself. And it was like, I always told myself I would never do that. But like mm -hmm. one day I just. Went to the store, grabbed a couple two liters of soda and a half gallon of Captain Morgan and went, you know, went to the house and was like, and it wasn't like, it was totally innocent. It was like, oh man, I yeah. can use a drink. Cool. Let me grab that. Well, I'm at home watching YouTube videos or like having a conversation with, you know, type my friends online on Facebook or whatever. And like just scrolling, doing whatever people with no direction do. And next thing I know, I'm eight drinks into the night. Well, I didn't feel terrible the next day. So I was like, oh shit, I liked that. I'll do it again. I had no consequences of it. Maybe a baby little hangover, but I kind of got myself. I went to the gym, got myself dialed in, went for a walk. I was good. Well, multiply that by, you know, a thousand days nearly in a row. There's going to be some compounding issues that come up after a thousand times of doing something. Right. So, yeah, I mean, the relationships improve, improvement, trust, like a lot of it's just trust. You know, you know, because a lot of times when you get into those situations, and it's probably anybody whether your romantic relationships or your close friendships or your family, they tend to take what you say at face value mostly. Like they don't necessarily trust you to make good decisions because you're not making good decisions. But like once I, I guess once I got sober, I really don't like that. That word feels weird. Sober. Yeah. I think that's because okay. Yeah. That's it's okay. Like an identity. Well, it's like an identity. It's an a friend and I, we, we talked about this tonight too. Like the fact that um, everyone gets to just say how, like how they want. And it's important not to, I found, yeah. I found for myself that it's important not to get too attached. I know the name of this channel, Sobriety University. Uh, that's yeah. more for, because it's a catchy title uh, to, to identify with, with an addiction or, you know, a state of being can be dangerous because then it creates another ego that must be overcome. Yeah. So I'm with you there. Anyway, side side tangent. No, no, that no, that's actually a very it's a, it's actually a very valid point. I think that that ego is what plays us plays us all out in the first place. You don't quit gambling, you don't quit alcohol, you don't quit drugs, you don't quit sex, you don't quit porn because of your ego. Like you don't care about anybody mm. but yourself when you're doing the shit, right? Like you don't. Yeah, right. Like during during right. the moments you're not thinking about anybody but yourself. What if I think about this? I'm ten drinks into the night. My uh, my house gets broken into. I have headphones on, can't hear shit. Uh, my girlfriend gets beat up. Or worse, right? We don't even say the word. Hmm, but Or sure. worse. 
and then I get stabbed because I'm have my headphones blasting and I can't hear my doors, nothing, windows, nothing in my house. Somebody's like, I'm the man of the house. I'm the protector. I have to do the, like, I have to take care of these issues. I'm 10 drinks into the night. I can't hear shit. Mm, How can somebody trust me? How can I even trust myself? Right. That sounds totally. If you, if you don't think like, and I I don't think that's going to happen. We live in a really safe neighborhood, whatever. So your guard's kind of down. But the reality of it is like, what if something like that happened? You can't even fulfill your, you can't even fulfill your obligation as that man. That's an extremely yes. selfish thought. Like, or that's an extremely selfish action that you took because you are not ready at, to, to some degree. I mean, because clearly you come out of a dead sleep. You're not going to be a, a Kung Fu fighter by any means. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Your aim might be a little bit off if you got a gun. But, but, that's, but that's how, I mean, that's what we're like. That's, that's part of our, what we're supposed to do as men for the people around us. Yeah, I mean, and and I don't necessarily like maybe and I say that maybe not all the time, but really all the time. Like and that's that's I don't think ego itself is a problem. I think the ego that you the ego that you listen to is is more the issue. Like, oh, I want to drink. Good for you, bud. Like you're a self-improvement guy like over here. It's like the little devil on each shoulder, a little birdie on each shoulder, whatever. Right. It's like the ego guy. This guy's saying get up, go to the gym. Don't be a fat piece of shit. You know, eat the right food, work 12 hours today, get on these podcasts, do these talks, you know, open yourself up to these people. And this guy's over here is like, you don't have to do any of this shit. Play some video games. Don't mm. go to the gym. Jerk you off. Don't need to work yeah. On your yeah. Jerk off. You don't need to work on your business. <laughs> oh no. Everything's Gucci. Right. You're fine. Don't, don't worry about it. So ego in and of itself, as long as it's, like you can identify which one's the positive and which one's the negative. One feels better than the other in a lot of cases. For sure. Yeah. The 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 one with the the pointy, pointy yeah. horns. That one feels good. That's the one that's yeah. gonna sure. help you feel I mean, good at the moment. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you'll lay in bed with ironically feeling Gucci guilty. Like yeah. shit. Hundred percent. I just do that. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, yeah, wow. This, that's going to make a great little short video there. The, the true meaning of ego. I like that. Yeah. Uh, different example. What are some of the things you're looking forward to uh, in this next year? You got it. You got oh, what, seven. Yeah. Eight I months to seven. go. You got... I got, well, I got, no, I got over nine still. Oh, no. Technically. January no. 10th. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm my, my most, probably the shallowest one is I had never, since I was 17, I mean, besides the military training where I couldn't drink, I hadn't been sober for more than two weeks at a time, maybe even a week. I don't even know. Like I, maybe I drank like crazy for so long that I didn't even realize it. And I'm really, really interested to see what my body can do over the next like through the next nine months. I mean, where it's at right now is really, really interesting. It's actually, I've never looked at my body and been intrigued, but that's one of the main ones. <laughs> I've been in like, whoa, like I've never, I, I don't know this adult version of myself, right? I don't know mm. this guy on top of that. I, I remain on a pretty strict diet um, for the most part, like 90, 10 and exercise and, you know, just self-improvement in general. So like, I'm really interested to see where 
mentally I'm at with, you know, my, my practicing in, in uh, stoicism. And then I'm really, really interested in seeing where my body's at. And of course the businesses see where they're at too, bank account wise, value wise. I mean, because everything's gotten better. I mean, monumentally, yeah. it's not just like a little better. Like, I mean, I was doing pretty well beforehand and it's when you see a multiple double digit percentage increase in your productivity and unnecessarily, not necessarily income at this point, but, but activity around you going on because of just simple things that you've implemented that you could have done at the beginning of your business. If you were, if you were in your right mind, Mm, just about getting, I think that's just about getting in your right mind. So we'll see what that's like in a year. That'll be fun. Cool. We'll have to keep in touch and keep, keep the folks posted on, on how you're, how you're doing and stuff. I, I know speaking on the fitness thing, that's something that definitely got a lot better for me as well as the, just the motivation to work out. And then I, like, I was pretty unathletic growing up. Like mm-hmm. I, I was good at running because you can run straight. You don't got to really do much, but I didn't have much coordination. And now I play basketball like two, three times a week and I freaking love it. You so were just like a just, newborn baby, like falling down and shit. I just, I just couldn't like tripping over anything. sidewalks. Shit. That's not there. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. It was more the hand-eye coordination stuff. So, like, I played hockey, but I couldn't. I couldn't that's pretty dope. Handle for to save my life. Um, so yeah, it's just really that's definitely something that I'd be. I'm interested to hear like what kind of fitness stuff you get into uh, as well. When's yeah? Know. Well, um, fitness-wise, so it's a that's an interesting one. Fitness is. Because there's so many directions you can go with it, right? You can go into, you can go into bodybuilding. You can go into like be a CrossFit athlete. You can go into, I mean, you can go do a million things. I'm, I'm not really sure what direction that's going to head right right this second. If I'm being honest with you, yeah. I I just don't. I don't. I don't know. As far as like a goal right now, I guess if I could, if I had a goal, it it was, uh, it's longevity. It's making sure this this body works in you know 50 years like that that's the goal short of a short of a car accident or something you know out Mm. of my control Mm -hmm. like i want i want to make sure this guy's cranking at 85 going hard because it goes quick i mean it goes quick and like i think that there's a real chance that our generation has the opportunity to live to 100 on average 90 90 200 years old and if we do the right things we can certainly improve improve our chances of that last question here before we wrap it up uh been a, been a solid hour yeah. what advice would you give to to people on the journey right now that are thinking about quitting in mm. stages uh number one if you are actually physically addicted to alcohol get some version of supervision detox before you before you quit i mean go in I mean, mean this, like go into like a whatever center. I don't remember what you call those. Re- detox. Go to a detox yeah, center. Rehab. Yep. Go to a rehab center. Get on a one. I think they do it for one week. They give you like some pill. I don't know what the pill is called, but they give you a pill. They monitor, monitor you, make sure you're safe, make sure your vitals are good and all that stuff to get you off of alcohol because alcohol actually comes out of your system very quickly. You can be nearly free alcohol. So your your system can be nearly alcohol free in like three days, like it's not mm, that wow. crazy. Yeah, it's it's 
I mean, I know that there's probably some other stuff that's got to come out too, or some hormones or something's got to equalize before things get better. Right. Then that's why they're doing it for seven days. But like the reality is like, if, if that's one thing I would say, do that, do that. And then if you're just somebody who wants to quit just because it just seems like it's like bogging your life down, just quit. Like what, what, I mean, you can always go back in a month, do it for 30 days. Right. You can always start drinking again in a month. Like I did 30 days multiple times, like before I even chose to do this. So I knew that it was okay. I was capable of doing it. I don't even know how the next nine months is going to go or how hard it's going to be or how hard it's not going to be. And that's the other part of it. It's like, it's, it's, it's like a legitimate addiction. The social side of it specifically is a legitimate addiction. Like I'm not, I can't promise that I'm going to be sober for the rest of my life. I can't, I don't, I don't even want to think about that. It's like, it's not hard to say stay sober day to day, but when you say I'm never drinking again, that's a pretty heavy cross to bear. Absolutely, man. That's what they say in all the support groups, like one day at a time. Yeah. Don't get ahead of yourself. So that's a great. Yeah. I mean, the one day at a time thing is a real thing. It's like, you're going to go through emotions that you've never felt in your life. You're going to, you're going to think about things from a different perspective that you never thought about. Mm -hmm. You never thought about things this way. I mean, anything from the way you look at yourself, the way you look at your money, the way you look at if you own a business or your job, the way you drive, the way you treat your significant others, the way you, the way your children act around you, your, I mean, life and death, like it's all going to hit you like a sack of shit. It's going to be a, it'll be a bag of bricks and it sucks. I mean, it really, it really does suck. Alcohol, alcohol addiction is just a form of escapism. So, I mean, if you have an alcohol addiction, it's clear, it's clear where you need to start, right? Like, it gives you the opportunity to consciously work on yourself and, and kind of like give yourself a game plan of like, or, or just thoughts like, what do I deserve? Who do I want to be? What do I deserve? Like I'm, I'm what 80 days or some shit into this. I don't even know, like necessarily, like I know who I am kind of, but like what the reality of this, how, how do you know? Like I could get a year from now and be a completely different person. For and sure. that's really, really interesting to me. Like it, I was, when I was drinking, I was afraid of doing that because I didn't want to lose myself. But the reality was I didn't know myself in the first place. Mm. Cause I was yeah. drowning in it. I was waking up every day and drowning in whatever social anxiety, whatever I'm not good enough, whatever bullshit that I told myself multiple years ago, or maybe even just to be, just to do the social proof thing. It's not, it, at some at one point in your life it's going to become uninteresting to not have your shit together like you're just not going to be interested in having that conversation with yourself anymore it's just not real right so i mean just once you get tired of your own shit it becomes very easy but you actually have to be tired of it. you don't just tell people that for for a social media post oh i'm 21 days sober great but then you're like, I can't wait till 30 days so I can start drinking again. That's not the point of this. It's quite the opposite. It's every every day you get further away from it, the better you are, the healthier you are, the more mentally sound you are, the closer you are to living your dreams, the better sleep. This The sleep doesn't even really start to get great until like month two-ish. Hmm. Like it okay. doesn't feel any like you, you your sleep is good like it's significantly better than 
like when you were drinking like immediately and you can tell and you can tell you're more rested but like when you really think about it like i didn't sleep particularly well for like three days in a row and this was up until last night but i knew it it wasn't like oh do i have a hangover do i not am i nursing this do i need electrolytes no i don't need no fucking electrolytes i need a good night's (laughs) sleep because i haven't slept good in three days it takes all the other crap off the table right so you're just eliminating a big giant moose of a variable in your life as far as your problems once you get rid of it, it's, you know, what you can, but you can no longer use it as an excuse at that point. Hmm. That's kind of, that's where people want to hold on to it. It's like, oh, I, I, I need to use this because it gives me an excuse to be a half-assed person. Instead of just saying, you know what? I fucked up. It's my fault. Whatever I did is my fault. Like, and, you, and it's not like you're never going to have problems again, but they're much easier to deal with. They're so much easier to deal with. For sure. They're actually kind of, I mean, honestly, the problems that you get afterwards, once you've come to terms with a few things, because there's going to be things that come up that are like, whoa, I could use a drink. Mm. Once you come to terms with those things, once you've agreed with yourself, you know, okay, great. These are problems you're dealing with. Cool. We're just going to take them as they come. Then life can get fun. Like, then life gets fun because now if somebody calls you and says, hey, I got a problem with you. And you're like, okay, I probably know what it is. <laughs> Think about it. Like, what's the surprise? Like, you're not out there, like, doing shit you don't remember. So you're you're clearly going to have a good idea as to why this person could possibly have a problem with you. It just takes And that nonsense. means you can answer it a lot. That means you, you can fix it, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're if you care one ounce about your reputation with people or you care one ounce about your relationship with people or, you know, for me, it's like my clients at one point were suffering. Hmm. Like they were they were suffering like I was a day late on a couple of things here and there or, or oh, man, I was, quote unquote, sick in bed for for a day or whatever. And they weren't getting what they needed quick enough. That was extremely selfish of me to do that at that point in time. Clearly, I've cleaned it up, but that particular situation was extremely selfish and my friends even like, and then myself, like I gained enough weight where like I had friends that didn't want to be friends with me anymore because I was becoming a mess. They were like, I don't want to be around you because you're just this type of person. That's hard to hear when you're going through something and you didn't want to quit at the time when you heard it. Okay. That's rough. (laughs) <laughs> like that's yes. a really rough thing to thing to hear especially from friends you've had for a long time they're like bro you're just falling off the wagon i don't know what to do with you i'm going to give you the best advice i can but it's going to be short and it's going to be simple this is it and then it takes you i mean it took it took me removing my ego from physically removing my ego from the situation and applying the principles that that you you know are right like the ter- like applying this shit over here and then all of a sudden oh great you're you're an inspirational human being all of a sudden oh what a surprise (laughs) (laughs) i'm not drowning right right i'm not i'm not drowning my own garbage that's probably what i would say is i don't know i don't remember where we were at i just went on a rant for like 10 minutes but (laughs) that's cool but yeah it's 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 profound like it's really really is when you when you you get past a certain you open the open the curtain the curtain's closed for a couple weeks but once it opens it's just like whoa 
that's pretty cool. Like, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I would ever think about myself this way. Or I didn't know that I had, you know, that I didn't even know I felt that way about that. And you just kind of, it's almost like discovering the world all over again. It's pretty cool. Sounds like you feel like reborn. In a, in a, hopefully in a non-cheesy way. Yeah. I would say that there's that, you know, everybody says new year, new me. Well, I mean, I guess in a way. What? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you suck yeah. with it. Yeah. I mean, for, yeah, I say for now, right? Like, let's, let's, we can dial One day back. I've got 200, 280 days or some <laughs> shit to go of, of, of just this good, good initial mindset. testing yeah. phase for my life, you know? And that's why I said, it's not like I'm, I'm not going to go back and possibly have, you know, a glass of wine or go to, go to a cigar bar and have a couple of, a couple of whiskeys. But when you, when you let the shit control you, that's when, like, I'm better than that. Right. You're better than that. Like, I don't even know what, like why it's a bottle. You open it, you close it, you pour it out, you drink it. It's, it's you are, you're in complete control of that one way or another. I don't know. That's, that's a, that's how I think I'm thinking about it now. And it's, it's fucking working. I can tell you. Right on, man. On another level. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's helping me as well from, from the third person's perspective. Uh, I'm learning a lot of different perspectives on addiction that there isn't just one way. And um, you're helping me think about some addictions that I'm working on too. So yeah, big thanks for that. No, absolutely. Appreciate that. So you're just, you're not a fucking victim. Like you're, you're not a victim. You're, you control that shit. As much as I know, I understand the chemical part of it and all that. And there's certain aspects of it that you can't control. But if we're talking about alcohol, you have you don't have to put your keys in the car, drive to the bar, drink and drink and drink for five, six hours and drive home. You don't have to go. You don't have to go to the liquor store and go buy a 12 pack. You don't have to go and go get wasted with your friends on the beach. You can go and have a couple of drinks and be a normal person, but not let it control you if you choose to do so. But if we're talking about sober, like you don't have to even go to the fucking beach. You can do something else like they understand if they're your friends they're like oh yeah that's cool i I get that like we're gonna be out there blasting vodka like steve doesn't want to go because he doesn't participate anymore like they get it right so i mean the people who judge you can fuck off and the people who aren't going to judge you keep them around keep around for sure sure. well thanks for doing this steve and coming on uh this is absolutely great talk Really appreciate it. And uh, before we wind up here, there's one book I want to recommend. Uh, it's called the The Monk Who Bought Who Sold His Ferrari. And Steve actually recommended this to me the other night, and I've just been it's been opening my mind, dude. I've been uh, on a path of of obsessing about financial finances, and it's just helping me realize like that's not the point of life. And so, guys, check out that book. And then, Steve, where can people find you and connect with you? Uh, Instagram, IG, uh, Esteban the Bold is pretty much where where i'm available it's the same on tiktok as well yeah it's down at the bottom. okay cool yeah it's the same awesome. on tiktok too and i just i don't i don't really I'm, i don't talk about sober stuff that much i mean I, i've mentioned it before but i'm more like i'm just a random thought guy okay <laughs> just <Yeah>. really ran, <laughs> just totally <laughs> random thoughts you've seen my you've seen my instagram a bunch of yeah. times, but it's like oh yeah that makes sense cool yeah I Can people about, reach out to you if they have like addiction questions? Yeah, totally. DM me. I, I do check my requests and my general messages um, pretty regularly just because I have clients and stuff. 
um, for my business. I do that too. So very cool. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for tuning in and you will be seeing Steve again in the future for sure. Well, unless yep. we get hit by a car or something crazy like that, but yeah, right. from our control. Don't get hit by a bus. Yeah. <laughs> no. Awesome. Thanks guys. Have a good night.